This is episode number 96 of The Ship's Podcast with Bethany Baker. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. everybody welcome to yet another episode of the ships podcast we have a very special guest joining us today for this episode that i think all of you are really going to enjoy our guest for this episode is bethany baker who is the executive director of agap a nonprofit foundation that encourages people to create a healthy relationship with technology in order to thrive professionally and personally She is passionate about sharing tangible ways to help individuals implement healthy technology habits, which frees them to be more intentional with their life. At AGAP, Bethany organizes weekend experiences where individuals turn off their cell phones and tune into nature, themselves, and those around them. Each AGAP experience is uniquely designed and provides the necessary reprieve for those seeking a technology-free environment for contemplation and spiritual rejuvenation. Bethany is passionate about connecting people and creating space for what matters. So you are all in for a great episode with Bethany today. We talk about the importance of silence and solitude and how tech has the possibility to isolate us in public and distract us in private. Bethany talks about how the organization that she works for, AGAP, is pro-healthy tech, that they're not anti-tech, but really just trying to figure out ways in which we can develop a healthier relationship with technology. We talk about how these relationships should be intentional, how we are unaware how many people are working against us and really trying to suck up our attention. We also discuss the importance of creating a space to find meaning in your life, how and why to create boredom, and to embrace moments of silence and simplicity. So this is a really great episode. I think you are really going to gain a lot of wisdom from from this one. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and spread the word. So with all that said, let me please introduce Bethany Baker. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Bethany Baker. Bethany, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Pat. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. You are doing some incredible work with your organization, AGAP, and really allowing people or giving people the opportunity to develop healthier relationships with technology so that they could thrive in their lives. And so I'm very excited to just dive in and see how you're going about doing that and uh, also provide some insight for our listeners as well. Sounds good. I'm excited to share. (laughs) 
So I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing a bit about your background and what led you down the path that you're now pursuing today? Well, that's a great question, Pat. Sometimes I ask myself the same thing. I, I think it, it happened to, I, so I, I was, in ministry beforehand and with that having the experience of talking and sharing with people and reaching out and sort of just my goal is to help people you know where they're at to be able to grow and connect with each other and so then my husband and i went out to phoenix arizona and we did a master's of strategic ministry and then we worked out there for a little bit and then the opportunity came up with a gap because i am not the one who started it it is mary grace sexton who's the founder and ceo of natalie's orchid island juice company it's it's more of her brain power and and her dream and vision that she hired me on to execute so just a, like a little bit backstory about mary grace uh, like i said earlier she's the founder and ceo of natalie's orchid island juice company and being the ceo of a multi-million dollar company over the course of 30 years she noticed that whenever cell phones came out it increased decreased the productivity of people because they were constantly distracted which i mean we know studies today say it's we're probably working at 30 percent capacity because we're constantly distracted and not able to get in that deep flow. So she noticed that wow. yeah, from the, from the professional perspective, but then also from the personal perspective, she recently just had a grandbaby. So she realized how the constant connection interfered with her personal life. And so that was her dream and mission with a gap is uh, she's saying a lot of people, you know, are talking about it, but what can we do? So it was to create this reprieve where we talk about implementing healthy technology habits to thrive both professionally and personally. So sorry, that was a little long story, but hopefully it helps no, it. No, it, it, it's a great story. And I think nowadays we are really seeing a demand and a need for this kind of work because it's so easy for all of us, both in our personal and professional lives, to get bogged down from technology to really fall down the rabbit hole. And so it's great to have organizations like AGAP that are really teaching methods and practices in which we'll be able to really develop a healthier relationship with how we're using technology and also gain some of that time back for ourselves. Now, in your position as executive director, what what is your role uh, in the implementation of AGAP? I execute the weekends so basically well, we're a very small team mostly i i'm the one who runs everything and then we have different volunteers who help during the weekend experiences because we started march of 2018 and since april of 2018 we've had an experience almost every single weekend since so we have it in different locations we bring in different guest speakers as well as i share different sessions on either implementing healthy tech habits or the importance of silence and solitude or how to foster authentic community in a culture that is very broad and shallow. And so I do all the logistics and the planning and we're working now a lot more so with doing private AGAP experiences. So that's part of, of it as well as partnering with existing organizations and groups and whoever it may be 
in us facilitating an AGAP experience specifically for them. Wow. So the, definitely an important job orchestrating all these wide variety of different events going on. And I think it's great with, with what you brought up about teaching the importance of silence and solitude. And that, that that's something that I feel like a lot of us are missing out nowadays on. It's so true. And it's just, I, I lo love this part of what I talk about in one of my sessions is that technology isolates us in public and it distracts us in private. And so yes. it's, doing the, yeah, so it's doing the opposite and of what, what we want it to do. You know, when we're out in public, the goal is to connect with people. And now we just are so scared to talk to people and especially like Generation Z and, and younger might not have been instructed on how to communicate and how to start up a conversation, which we know that networking is an essential aspect of growing in any area of your career and your development and things like that. And so, and then also the opposite where it distracts us in private because we talk about the importance of silence and solitude. But if we're never alone with our thoughts, then our minds are just constantly racing. And I love this quote. It talks about um, by Sherry Turkle. And she says, boredom cultivates reflection, generates ideas, develops curiosity, increases creativity and inspires vision. So we talk about the importance of boredom and, you know, have different fun elements that we do that we used to do as a kid that we don't have time for anymore. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's so much of it, too, to go off what you're saying is like making a conscious effort to do these things. I feel like sometimes a lot of us, we kind of go on autopilot when we're just defaulting to our phones if we're bored or going to our phones if we want to be entertained or even if we want to find information. And like in some ways, our phones or devices are, and just technology in general is great for those sort of things. But I think it is important to sometimes make that conscious effort to engage with people or to engage with ourselves in different ways as well. Exactly. And that's what we talk about, too, is that at AGAP, we aren't anti-tech. We are pro-healthy tech. And that's one of the first things that we say about how to implement healthy tech habits is to be intentional. Because the thing is, is technology is Christian Lewis Lang has the quote that we very much adhere to is technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. So our goal throughout the course of a a gap we can experience is we collect the phones so that there's no distraction whatsoever and you can take that time away from your devices so that you can have an objective view of your relationship with your phone when you go back because a lot of times it takes 24 hours of being disconnected just to start to feel at rest and at peace and identify different triggers that might be having us go to our technology in a way that is not beneficial for us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's that time that we really need to unwind from all this stimulus that is coming at us. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Do you do you happen to know how the name AGAP was created? Because it's a really punchy name and it really, at least for me, it piques my curiosity. So I'm wondering if you could talk with us about where the name AGAP comes from. Yeah, so it was a Mary Grace comes from a faith background. And so for her personally, it started as, as sort of a, pr a prayer for her, where it was A is adoration, 
G is God inspired, A is act intentionally, and P is purposely placed. But we've sort of marketed it in a way where Natalie Sexton, who is Mary Grace's daughter, she's the marketing director at Natalie's, and she's also the president of AGAP, has helped a lot with the marketing side of AGAP. And we've, we've meshed it where it's creating a gap from technology because it's, it's simpler to understand and relates to everybody. And so there's sort of two, two different meanings. But the one that we mostly promote is creating a gap from technology just because it's so important to get away just for a season. Um, and that's why our sort of tagline is tech-free freedom because we want people to be able to experience the freedom and the benefits of living tech-free for a, a season. Yeah, I love that a lot. It's kind of a, a matter of leaving a little bit of space and room for flexibility between you and the technology. I, I really like that. And so much of the work that you do with regards to planning these weekend experiences, these retreats, why is building in-person connections so important in today's digital age when so much of our lives are spent online? Why isn't it just, you know, easier, just more, obviously it's easier, more convenient just to connect with people digitally, but why is it important to cultivate those in-person connections? I think the in-person connections are so important because psychologically studies have shown that if you are just scrolling through Instagram and it, engaging well there's two different ways if you're just scrolling through instagram studies have shown that it's more negative for you because you're not actively engaging but even if you are actively engaging it does not do the same thing psychologically as sitting down with somebody and having coffee with them and so that's the thing we, we want to use technology as a tool to connect in person because i mean you know, AGAP has a Facebook page where we have our events and our goal is to meet people where they're at and then help them to be able to connect in a way offline. And so that's where I think social media is used in a beneficial way where it's used to connect offline. And I, I love this quote from loneliness. It's from a while back from 1981, but it's loneliness happens when we have a mismatch between the quantity and the quality of social interactions that we have and those that we want. Ooh, so that's so, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's from Pearlman and Poplo. So yeah, 1981, great, great little gem there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because social media leads to our connections being broader, but shallower a lot of times. Because sure, we have like 800 friends on Instagram, but how many of them would we call if our car broke down in the middle of the night? So that, that's our goal is to, to have our relationships be intentional. And that's what one of the sessions that we talk about is how to foster that authentic interact, interaction and go deeply. It takes time and it, it doesn't make us, it is difficult in a way, but it's creating something that is lasting and that will stand the test of time. And I love the analogy of like, you can either have a hundred pennies or you can have four quarters and both equal a dollar. But the question is, which one adds more value to you? And, and for us, we've learned, and I get it. Like I am a total, everybody's my friend, people pleaser, let's all be happy. But I've learned later on in life that I need to take the time to intentionally invest in a few friends because that is a more rewarding relationship with both people than me just trying to appease everybody. So yeah, anyways, that, that's the goal. 
of, of that. Yeah, it's a really a matter to go off what you said is striving for depth in our relationships. And obviously, you're only able to reach a certain level of depth if you're spread thin amongst a wide variety of relationships. But when you take the time to really invest in maybe a few key relationships, uh, you really are able to reach deeper levels of meaning and understanding with that person or, or group of people. Yes, it's so true. Well, and, and really quick, just to tag on that, uh, Dr. Sherry Turkle, she wrote the book Reclaiming Conversations, but she talks about how it takes seven minutes of uninterrupted conversation to dive deep. But if we're interrupted by our phone, like statistics show, it's every three minutes, then we don't have that seven minutes to go deep. And it was interesting because they, she did a study on how even just having your phone, if you have your phone present standing face up, it decreases the intimacy of a conversation if I think she said 80%. And then if it's turned over, it's like 60%. And then even if it's in your bag, but it's still on, it's 40%. And if it's turned off in your bag, it still like decreases the intimacy of a conversation unless it is away and out of the room. And so it's crazy because even just having our phones present, it it distracts us from being fully present. And that's what you talk about, like fubbing and about how, you know, being on your phone in public was not socially acceptable 10 years ago. But now 80% of the population is like, oh yeah, it's fine to be on your phone. But whenever we do that, we call the word fubbing, you know, you pull out your phone in the middle. Of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure you've had it done to you. <laughs> and, and I've had it done to me as well. But it's it's so sad, because it, it tells the person that we're talking to, that whatever is on our phone is more important than them, even if we don't believe that, subconsciously, that's what we're communicating. So we just tell people, just prioritize the people that you're with and be fully present where you are while you're there. Because if we're going to have FOMO, you know, with anything that we're doing, we're missing out on 99.9% of the other things. But I just, I love the definition of JOMO. It's embracing, let me find it really quick, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's just embrace, encourage us, us to embrace the pleasure of choosing what we want to do or do not want to do in a way that fulfills us. And so it's just basically, you know, just encouraging people to be fully present where they are, while they're there, whoever they're with. Um, that's part of what we encourage, especially at AGAP throughout the course of the weekend experience, because we don't rush from activity to activity. We sort of, it's more of a free flowing in time to unplug in a way. Yes. Yes. I, I think this goes back to what you briefly mentioned before about being intentional and about intentionality and even just like through our conversation, but then also going through your website as well. I, I could tell that intentionality is such a big part of a gap uh, with regards to how we live our lives. Why do you think it's so difficult for so many of us to set intentions regarding how we want to live our lives? Honestly, I think that we are unaware of how many people are working against us to be intentional. And that was the first book that I read when I became executive director of AGAP and sort of exploring more of this tech 
for, you know, it's how we have a healthy relationship with technology was irresistible by Adam Alter. Oh, that's a great one. Yes, yes. Yeah, and he talks about how, that, so you know that there's like thousands of programmers whose sole purpose is to keep us on our phones because our time is their money. And whenever something is free, the product being sold is us. And it's just crazy. Like the more that you dive into it, the more that you realize that the notifications, whenever we have a notification, we're three times more likely to use it because our brains crave something that's new and unpredictable. And it's this unpredictability that's the same during a drug-induced high that makes it addictive. So when we post something and we don't know the response, that's what makes us keep coming back for more. And so, and it releases the you know dopamine in our brain. And so anyways, I could go into the scientific and the compulsion loop, especially for gaming, that they know how long you can go before you'll give up. And then, so they'll let you win. And then, you know, and, and same thing sort of with Facebook, the algorithms, they know when you're about to log off. And so they refresh their notifications so that it keeps you hooked. So I think a lot of it was not shaming people to like, hey, look at how much you're on your phone. The average American's on their phone, you know, four hours a day, or the millennial is 2.5 hours on social media a day which is crazy because it comes out to like a month or two a year. But I think, yeah, it's just being aware of there's people working against us to keep us hooked, which is why we have to be so intentional with setting up these speed bumps as Catherine Price. Uh, have you read um, How to Break Up With Your Phone? Uh, that's one that I still need to read. I haven't read that one yeah. yet. It is so, so good. That is probably the top one that I recommend just because it's so short and I read it in a weekend, but it's very practical. And she talks about how we treat our phones like it's a relationship. You know, we take them with us everywhere and just just puts it in perspective in a way where. And so she talks about having these speed bumps where we just create these little barriers to say, do excuse me, do I really want to do this right now? Or is there something else that I want to do? I mean, we had an gap speaker this past summer. He, he came in April and then he came back in November. And he started doing where he put the Lord of the Rings book <laughs> over his phone. And so that whenever he was gonna go to his phone, he instead picked up the book and started reading it. I mean, this is a college professor, so he doesn't have a lot of spare time. <laughs> um, but, but he was able to read through the whole se series of Lord of the Rings throughout the summer because of just being intentional about, hey, instead of going to my phone, I'm just gonna read. And so, you know, we encourage people to do different things like delete social media apps for a season because Catherine Price calls them the slot machine apps and the gaming apps because they might not be as productive as we'd hoped to use our phones um, or moving them on a different screen or, you know, whatever it may be. There's all different ways to do it. But I think the most important thing that we talk about is a habit is made up of a cue, a routine, and a reward. So the cues or the triggers aren't going to change. Like, oh, I go to my phone when I'm lonely. I go to my phone when I'm bored. I go to my phone when I wanna be entertained or get some information. And so those cues are not going to change, but the goal is to identify them and then change our routines. So instead of going to our phone, if I'm lonely, I call a friend. If I'm bored, I, or I read a book or you know, whatever it may be, we change our routines so that in turn, the reward is something that is life-giving rather than life-draining. 
Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Like these are all really important things that we need to keep in mind that we need to exercise regularly. Like you just said, it's really all about the habits that we're implementing into our lives because we do have so many people in a lot of ways working against us. And it's been, it's a fascinating because I would say maybe within the last maybe like four or five years, just logging on to social media, it's pretty ridiculous, like what the notifications are. Yeah. Like, it's like a notification will pop up and it'll be like, oh, you know, this friend that you haven't talked to for five years liked this page. And like, those are what the yeah. notifications are now. Whereas like, maybe like eight to 10 years ago, notifications were more so like directly linked to you. Like it would be like, oh, this person wrote a post on your wall or this person liked a photo of yours. Like those are still notifications, obviously. But now I feel like the notifications are just so obscure mm -hmm. and they're being, you know, it's a, it's a mechanism mechanism to keep us on these, on these devices. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so, so, so something that I also, in, in addition to intentionality, I think this pairs nicely with it. I, I'm wondering if you could talk to us about clarity. How can we enhance our clarity? I, I understand that uh, the, the concept or the idea of clarity is also a big focus in AGAP as well. Yes, it's so true. And so clarity, as we sort of, you know, describe it on our website is in, in the absence of technological distractions, we create a space to develop a thoughtful and transparent vision for your life. So for us, like clarity comes through, a lot of it is just the peaceful elimination of the constant distraction. So in the constant like rigors of life where we're just day in, day out, day in, day out, and we're just plowing through everything. And it was interesting because we had our second ACAP experience, which was still early on and we're still figuring it out. And we did surveys the whole first year so that we can learn and grow and become better. And actually the whole first year, Mary Grace Sexton, had it where it was free for participants to come and experience because we just want to reach as many people as possible. Um, and so, yeah, same thing too with the private ones. Like our time is voluntary just because we want to be able to partner with as many people. But that clarity part, coming back to the question, um, is is we had somebody come to AGAP who had done missions before in Peru and was in a job that was just very, very stressful and was just constantly feeling like she was in a rut. And so by coming to AGAP and doing that, she then decided to quit her job and move to Peru full time. And so, I mean, it's sort of crazy, but it's just creating that space for people to think about the deeper aspects of their lives that they want to maybe like thinking about, okay, where do I want to be in five years? And am I doing what I'm doing right now? Is that getting me on the path to get there? Because so many times we just, we just are in survival mode. So I think just creating this space where the clarity just comes naturally because you've created this space and this barrier. And we've actually had a different couple. We've, we've had a a couple people come actually and quit their job and to pursue different different jobs or nonprofits or things like that. Uh, but we also have had a couple come who was in their 30s and they came to one. The first one was in October. And I mean, she had just had a baby and they still made it a priority. So it's funny to me, like when people, you know, have different barriers or things like that. It's it's if you want to do it, you're going to make a way to do it. And so they came and they were able to they ended up 
quitting a partnership that they were with because it was a toxic relationship and launching their own business. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And so that was in actually May of 2018. They came back October of 2018 and then they came back April of 2019. And so it's just so interesting to see the progression because it was like, okay, this is a toxic relationship. We're going to cut it off. And then in October, they were experiences, which we all know, like as entrepreneurs, there's that time that you're just in the grind and there's not a lot of reward. It's like the progression season. Um, but then to May, to April of 2019, where they had fruit. And so it's just so cool to, to just look at your life and just create the space of, okay, what do I really want? And, and what is life giving? And, you know, we go to our phones, like, somebody a participant shared like oh i go to instagram whenever i'm just tired to, for rest or whatever but then she ended up leaving feeling envious and jealous and whatever that may be where it just feels like just these negative emotions which i'm not saying every time you go to social media there are negative emotions and that's another thing that we empower people to say hey if you're following people who lead to negative emotions then unfollow them because you have the power to do that and to create a feed that is life giving rather than life draining so i think a lot of the clarity just comes with eliminating the distractions creating this boredom where you can have this deep thought process and, and sort of creating a game plan of, of where you want to be and then what are the steps to get you there? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I, I, I really <laughs> okay. like that a lot. I, I was just, you know, thinking about uh, the concept of creating boredom. I think that a lot of us don't see boredom in that way about, you know, boredom is what's always just something that happened when, you know, we were growing up and we didn't know what to do and we were bored. But now with our devices, we don't have to be bored anymore. We just scroll through whatever is on our phone. But I, I love that that creating boredom is absolutely something that we need to start doing. It's so true. And there's an author, Emily P. Friedman, and she talks about like her book is called The Next Right Thing. And it's, am I being pushed by fear or led by love? And so a lot of what she talks about with, with boredom in silence and solitude is just embracing the little times throughout the day. And so part of what I'm doing, like I have a 20 minute commute to work and I used to, you know, because it is a lot of, you know, there's a lot to go on and there's a lot, especially when building something um, that can lead sometimes to stress. And so I would come home and I would maybe like, you know, throw everything up on my husband and be like, all this happened today and I'm stressed and I don't know what we're going to do and whatever it may be. Uh, but instead, I've, I've taken that 20 minute drive to just sort of reflect and meditate in a way, um, not closing my eyes, obviously. But just with that silence and just embracing those moments of silence and solitude. And it has been so life-giving just for me personally, because it doesn't feel like I'm constantly just running from one thing to the next, feeling like I'm behind in everything. Yes. Yes. I think uh, a lot of what I'm hearing with your set, what, what you're saying, and actually something that I'm really striving for more in my life is, is more of like a simple life, more, more of uh, striving for simplicity. I think that sometimes technology has a way to make our lives very complex. You know, we have our real lives, then we have our online lives. And nowadays, I think a lot of people's online lives are just so scattered and our attention is all over the place. 
I'm wondering if you could talk with us a little bit about simplicity and why is this such a pivotal conversation topic when we discuss a healthier relationship with technology? I think that simplicity is so important. And it's funny because I've sort of been on my own simplicity journey for a few years. My brother introduced me to the minimalist, like, you know, three or actually probably five years ago at this point. And so um, my has we've been trying to be more intentional about how we can just simplify our lives overall. But I think, and I mean, even to the point that we we ended up getting a fifth wheel camper trailer and we're just living in that and <laughs> we love it because it's everything that we need. And, you know, we travel a lot for, for work, so it works out perfectly. But I think in doing that, and especially in regard to simplicity with our technology, it's just, it's just too much. I mean, we have information overload. And so a lot of it is actually like studies have shown that the more social media accounts that you have, the more anxiety and depression you feel because you feel like you have to constantly keep up with Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Um, I don't even know all the ones. <laughs> so, um, so just all the different ones, but it's crazy because there, there was, um, uh, author who who was in his class with his middle school daughter and he had everybody say okay i'm gonna raise your hand if there's if, if you guys all have snapchat so they all raised their hands middle schoolers and then he said okay put your hands down and close your eyes and raise your hand if you feel like snapchat is a part-time job and every single hand went up oh my gosh middle schoolers it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the pressure and the anxiety that we're putting voluntarily on, you know, these kids, and then they're just carrying that into adulthood because a lot of Gen Z, I mean, they, they received devices as young as, you know, middle school or even elementary school. Um, so it, it's just crazy how, how that is like an optional voluntary anxiety that we are putting on ourselves. So I think just part of simplicity is just like, okay, what what do I need? And the thing is, the famous thing to say now is, oh, I don't have time. I'm so busy. Oh, yeah. I can't, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's exhausting. I'm like, okay, if somebody tells me I'm so busy one more time, I'm just gonna crack. <laughs> so it's so part of what my, my husband talked about the last AGAP that we did, it was a private one. And he talked about how this year he's determined to not say I don't have time because the reality is we all have the same amount of time but it's just saying I'm not making that a priority because you know we, we decide what is a priority to us based off of our time and we just had Christina Crook actually she's the author of Joy Missing Out Jomo oh yeah she's she's great yeah. she's been on the podcast as well yeah she's amazing yeah so we we love her and we've had her come speak at AGAP twice um and and part of what she does is she has these value cards that you know she has everybody lay them out and then pick your values cut it in half cut it in half cut it and you get down to three and then she has us look at before we turn off our phones we have them look at their top three apps and then seeing if your top three apps are aligning with your top three values. Because a lot of times, unless we take the time to look at it objectively, they're not. Or, I mean, they could be maybe, but the way that we're using it is not, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, the simplicity is just eliminating a lot of the distractions um, and focusing on what's important in life and making sure that our tech use is adding to our values rather than taking away from it. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is all, all <laughs> such important information. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. uh, B Bethany, thank you so much for joining us on the ship's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me on the show, but I also really appreciate the work that you're doing with a gap. It's really critically important work. And I specifically love the organization's perspective on being intentional, on developing clarity, on enhancing simplicity, all of these words that are so vital to our living and to our overall happiness that I think sometimes technology can get in the way from. So thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate you getting the word out because um, at one point we talked about a podcast, but I'm like, there's, you know, Pat's killing it out there and there's so many <laughs> great people sharing on it. So, so we appreciate it because this is giving people an opportunity who might not be able to come to AGAP to still, you know, get, get a taste of it. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Where can our listeners find out more information about you and your work? Thanks for asking. So our website is agap.life, which may seem a little bit confusing because I thought it would be hip and cool to replace .com with .life. <laughs> um, so it, just to clarify, it's agap.life. Um, and then same thing as our Instagram, which I know it's ironic that you have Instagram and Facebook. But like I said earlier, we're trying to meet people where they're at. But it's just at agap.life. So, um, yeah, we have some coming up. And then also a big thing that we're working on doing more so, um, which may seem why there's not as many on our website right now, is because we're doing more private AGAP experiences with existing organizations where we take like young adult groups or we took a whole class of college freshmen um, on an AGAP experience. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we came in to a nonprofit and we did a whole day training for people who can't commit to like a full weekend experience. We just did a day workshop um, where we shared two of our sessions and had different creative elements. So we're open to doing AGAP experiences and workshops um, and then just like day trainings um, in a way for like staff or corporations and things like that. So yeah, the, the goal is just to be able to help as many people as possible. And the beautiful thing is that we have the support of Natalie's Rock Island Juice Company through Mary Grace Sexton to be able to do that. So I, you know, we would love to connect with anybody who's interested. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll make sure to include that, all that information in the show notes. So listeners out there, just head on over to the podcast, scroll down, go in the show notes, all those wonderful resources will be available. So Bethany, I have one last question for you before we head out. What is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? Ooh, gonna hit me with this right at the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, a deep, meaningful relationship. I would have to say somebody that you can be transparent and vulnerable with, which also I do think that vulnerability isn't meant to be for everybody, I think there's levels of transparency and, and being careful about you know who you're vulnerable with. Somebody that can can walk with you through that. Um, so I, I guess just somebody that you can be authentic and vulnerable with, and that loves you enough to help you where you want to be, not just love you enough to leave you where you are. 
Wow. That is that, is, that, that, that should be like on a plaque that, that people hang up in their homes. That was great. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we have a couple of mentors in our life and I just think that mentorship is so important. Um, part of the, when we were in the masters, you know, just, just intentionally finding somebody who's where you want to be and meeting with them. And a lot of times, you know, we were like, Oh, we want mentors, but it's not just going to happen. You have to intentionally seek it out. And then when you do meet with them, be ready with questions because it's not their job to entertain you. So anyways, I encourage mentorship for everybody. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> that's great. Well, well, Bethany, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. you have it everyone bethany baker i really hope you enjoyed this episode bethany gave us a lot of tangible advice that we are able to implement into our own lives so as to create a healthier relationship with technology and to be able to distance or rather take time to distance ourselves from technology to get more out of life so bethany thank you so much for joining us on the show if you liked this episode and you think it might resonate with someone, share it. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Also, if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your questions. And said voicemail may be released on a future episode of Ships. So be sure to tune in. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests. So if you're interested in supporting, head on over to show notes, scroll down, and click the link provided. As always, thank you so much for tuning into the Ships Podcast, everyone, and I look forward to joining you all in the next one.